morning. You guys, you guys can hear me okay? Perfect. I am, first off, so happy to be here. Um, but not only because we're together, but because Jesus is here. Did you guys know that? The Bible says that when two or more are gathered in his name, he is here. Church family, Jesus is here. Amen? Amen. That, that's, that's something to be happy about. And not only am I happy to be among you guys, um, I'm also really happy because my parents are here. Um, and for those of you guys who know me, I'm constantly talking about my family. Um, and so you can imagine how happy I am that they're here. Um, what a blessing parents are, huh? Amen. What a blessing mothers are. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. Happy Mother's Weekend. Because in our family, when we celebrate a birthday, uh, a celebration, anything, it's not just the day. It's not just the birthday. It's the birth week, birth weekend. Um, if your birthday lands on a Wednesday, perfect. Monday, Tuesday, you have a few favorite dinners. You know, people are excited for you. Wednesday's the day. Thursday, Friday, the excitement is still there. You're set. Um, but to the mothers, happy Mother's Day, happy Mother's Weekend. Um, you guys are awesome. And I know that um, although my mom is not here all the time, um, I have, God has blessed me with um, lots of mothers who are among you guys, and um, words can't, you guys know who you are, words can't explain how, how thankful I am for you guys, so thank you. Um, so almost three years ago, actually to this weekend, I was graduating from Southern Adventist University, with a degree in PE, health and wellness, with a teaching certification, and I didn't know where I was going to be working in August. Okay, so I, I was graduating in May of 2019, and in August of 2019, I was hoping to work and didn't know where I was going to be going. I had tried to get jobs in Tennessee, North Carolina, even in Miami, Florida, which is where I'm from, and nothing seemed to be opening. No, there was no job openings. And I was getting a little nervous as the first few weeks of summer started, and I still didn't know what my next steps were going to be. Until I got a call from one of my mentor teachers at Southern. Her name is Dr. Judy Sloan. And I get a call from her. She has connections to the Oregon Conference. And she says, Natalie, there's a job opening in Medford, Oregon. Where? That's the first thing that came out of my mouth. Where? Where in the world is Medford, Oregon? I have no idea where that is, what that is. Why are you telling me this? And uh, she gave me contact with David Davies, who I had great conversations with, who contacted, who gave me the contact of Ann Campbell, who's my current principal right now. And uh, we had great conversations, and they ended up inviting me to come and interview for the job. And so I called Dr. Sloan back, and I was like, Sloan, they want me to come to interview. What do you think? You know, and she said, Natalie, I mean, it's a great area, yada, yada, but do not go and interview if you're not going to take the job. It's already late in the year. Don't go. And I was like, absolutely, I hear you. You are 100% correct. And so I called David Davies back, and with no intention of taking the job, I said, see you in a month. And church, at that time, God was beginning to lead me. I didn't know it yet, but God was beginning to lead me, and I would be reminded and come to find out for myself that when God leads, he does not leave. Let's pray. Jesus, I ask 
right now, God, that you hide me behind you, that the words that come out of my mouth are not mine, but yours, God. I ask and I invite the Holy Spirit to be here in this place, to be in our hearts and in our minds, so that we can understand and get the message that you're trying to, to teach us, to tell us through your word. God, all glory and all credit goes to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Are you guys okay with getting into the, to the Bible? Are you guys okay with that? All right, let's get into the Bible. Let's go to Exodus chapter 3, okay? Exodus chapter 3, verse 1, right at the beginning of the chapter. And I'm going to give you guys a little bit to get there. And when you guys are there, really loud, just say amen. Because we're, we're digging into the Bible. Yeah, this is a great, this is a great time. We're excited here. Exodus chapter 3. And in Exodus chapter 3, we meet Moses, okay, at a point in his life where everything is about to change. He's been through quite a bit leading up to this point, leading up to Exodus 3. After being born, he was in imminent danger of being killed, okay? Then he was sent away from his mother in a basket, picked up by Pharaoh's daughter, then sent back to his mom to be raised by him, or by her, given back to the Pharaoh's daughter after he had been a little bit older, and then he grew up as an Egyptian, but had strong, felt strong ties to his Hebrew background, right? After that, he killed an Egyptian, right? Fled for fear of his life, and was led to a family who lived in Midian and became a shepherd, okay? So here's where we're at, at Exodus 3. So a lot has happened in, in, in Moses' life, okay? And so as Moses is shepherding, okay, he finds himself at Horeb, which the Bible tells us, or, or better known as Mount Sinai, which the Bible tells us is the mountain of God, okay? So we're in Exodus 3. And as he's walking, minding his, his, own, his own business, he sees a bush that's on fire and is not being consumed, and the Bible says that Moses thought, huh, I must go over there and, and, and see what's happening. This remarkable sight, why isn't this bush burning up? But you see, in my head, when Moses sees this bush, he's like, what? No way. Let me go check that out. Well, at least that's what I, that's what I would have said. And so Moses goes over there, and God calls out to him from this bush. Okay, so first we have a bush that's on fire, that's not consuming, and then we have a voice speaking out of this bush. And I wonder, I wish the Bible would say, like, like what the facial expressions. I'm a very, I'm a very, I show a lot of facial expressions, as some of you guys may know. And so I'm thinking, what is his facial expression when he sees this? Is he like, or is he like, you know, like, what is it, right? And it's not like God is like, you know, from the bush, he's not like, hey, who's there? You know, what's your name? No, God calls him by name. He says, Moses, Moses. And then I also wonder what the angels were thinking, right? They're like looking at this, and they're like, man, this guy's about to freak, 
when God calls out to him, right? And so these are just some of the things that I wonder, and hopefully, you know, when we get to heaven, we can ask all these questions, like, what was it really like, you know? Are you guys excited for that? I'm excited for that. And so, um, in verse 4, right, so we can go to verse 4 here. Moses, when God calls out to him, he says, Moses, Moses, and Moses answers, here I am, right, which is probably a more appropriate answer. And God proceeds to tell Moses who he is, so who God is, and then the assignment that God has for Moses. But here's the thing, here's the, here's the great thing, is that before God tells Moses what he wants him to do, he tells him who he is. Because, because we need that as humans, right? Our trust, we need somewhere to put our trust, right? We're like, mm, I don't know if I can trust you, right, to each other. We're, you know, we're, we're a little, we're a little hesitant. But with God, he tells him who he is, right? And you can see that uh, in verse 6, it says, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And later on, in verse 14, after Moses asks a little bit of question, a few questions, God says, after Moses asks him, who do, I, who do I say sent me, right? He says, I am has sent you. I am. I am, meaning maybe you guys have heard of Yahweh, the name Yahweh. God tells Moses his name, the meaning of his name. God is self-existent. He's eternal. He's self-sufficient. He's self-directed and unchanging. He is set apart from other gods. He is unlike anything you've ever seen. He's like, un, he's, 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 he's anything. He's, he's set apart from all, everything you've ever known or heard or seen, right? He shows up. He is there. He finds Moses where he is. He doesn't say, I'm going to wait for Moses to come to me. No, he goes to where he is, on a mountain, in a bush, right? And then God tells Moses the assignment that he has for him. He tells Moses that he has heard the cry of his people, right, in Egypt, in slavery, and is going to rescue them, and needs Moses to go to Egypt, where his people are being held captive, talk to Pharaoh, and convince him to let his people go, right? This is the assignment that God has for him. Then, doesn't stop there. Then he's supposed to lead them to a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. God has huge plans for Moses here. And this time, Moses answers a little bit more like I would and says in verse 11, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and I should bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And here it is, guys. Here it is. The kicker. The thing, the thing that should ease every uncertainty and every fear. God answers Moses and says in verse 12, I will certainly be with you. That's it, guys. That's the message. God was leading Moses into something that didn't make sense to him. He tells God, but what if this? But what if that? What if they ask too many questions? What if they, they ask me why I'm here? What if I don't know what I'm doing? What if I don't know how to speak? What if I? What if I? What if I? But what if Moses would have said, what if God 
can do something miraculous through me? What if God is not going to leave me? What if he, God, chose me for a reason? What if this is not even about me? Did I step on some toes there? What if this isn't even about me, and it's about what God can do through me? What if Moses would have thought that? Right? But God is merciful, and he still uses Moses. He still uses us even with all the questions. One of my favorite lines from a song called Who Am I by Casting Crowns says, not because of who I am, but because of what you've done. Not because of what I've done, but because of who you are. It's not about us. It's not about what we can do. When God leads us, he knows us. He knows you already. He knows your weaknesses. He knows your strengths, and he still chooses us. He still leads us, right? I wonder if there's anyone this morning or anybody watching, wherever you are, that has felt God is leading them to a place or thing that doesn't make sense to you. And notice that I'm adding the to you at the end of that sentence, right? Because whether it makes sense is not an indicator of whether God is really, really leading us. The fact that, that, that it makes sense to us or not, is not it does not determine whether God is actually leading. I would actually argue that when it, makes, when it doesn't make complete sense to us, he actually is leading. Why do I say that? Because the Bible says in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. And your ways are not my ways, declares the Lord. For as heaven is higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Thank God. Thank God that he is not anything like us, right? Imagine, imagine if we were serving a God who was like us. This is the only thing I picture. The blind leading the blind, Right? Thank God that we have a God who is outside of that, who is not like us, not, not human, right? And not, not, you know, selfish and, you know, all the things that make humans humans, right? God is not like that. And so when we read this verse, that God's thoughts and his ways are higher than ours, that should make us happy. That should make us happy. That should be an encouragement to us. You see, God doesn't promise it's going to make sense to us, and he doesn't promise it's going to be easy. But he does promise that he will never leave us. It's what he promised Moses in that moment. It's what he's promised so many other, other characters in the Bible, and it, it's what he promises us today, right? He still continues to promise that to us. And so God goes on to do amazing things through Moses and Aaron. Oh yeah, Moses eventually says yes, right? He, 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 God uses him. But, but God gave him, Moses begged for a partner in crime, like a sidekick, Aaron, his brother Aaron. And they went to Pharaoh, and through Moses and Aaron's willingness to hear the voice of God and then to obey, God led his people out of Egypt just as he said he would. 
God performed incredible miracles through Moses, including the ten plagues, right, that we can read about in uh, Exodus chapter 7 through 11, right? So all of this, if you guys have not read this, please read it. It is incredible, okay? And Pharaoh tried to put up a fight, right, as, as God was using Moses to take his people out of Egypt, but as always, God won, right? And his people were now en route to the promised land. Yes! Right? And God gives his people instructions as they're walking, right? So, because now they're out of slavery, and now God is, you know, talking to them, hey, this is what you're going to do, this is how we're going to live now. And back at Pharaoh's house, he's like, what in the world have I done letting them go? I need to go get them back, right? And so he gets on his chariots, and he goes to chase after them again. Now, at this point, we're in Exodus 13. So if you guys are not there, let's flip a few pages. Again, the pages that we're flipping are the plagues and a lot of what God did through Moses and Aaron, and I please beg you guys to read this, okay? Um, But we are skipping to Exodus 13, verse 20, 21, actually. And so at this point, God is literally leading the Israelites out of Egypt, okay? How is he doing that? He is doing this in the form of a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire, okay? And we read that in verse 21, okay? So we're going to read that. The Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to lead them on their way during the day and in a pillar of fire to give them light at night so that they could travel day or night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night never left its place in front of the people. God never left his place in front of the people. So when the Israelites realize that the Egyptians are coming after them and they see no way out, they freak. They freak out. They look one way and it's the Egyptians coming. They look the other way and it's what? The Red Sea. The Red Sea. Where are they supposed to go? Right? Has that ever happened to you guys? You look one way, and you're like, well, nope, can't go that way. That seems, that's impossible. And then you look the other way, something else that's impossible. Again, no way out. And you ask God, where to? Where am I supposed to go? I imagine that's what Moses asked. The Israelites were mad at him, and so he turns to God, and he's like, God, where to? Right? I imagine him a little frightened, a little anxious, like, all right, God, where are we going? What's going to happen? And God says, he points to the Red Sea, and he says, that way. We're going that way. And Moses is like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? And, 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 and that's how I felt. Right? I told you guys leading up to to where I got that call to come interview, right, for this job. But before that, I have to give you a little, a little background to who I am, in case you guys don't know, because I feel like this is vital to the story, to my story, to my testimony. I'm from Miami, Florida, born and raised, and my family is everything to me, everything. I grew up Seventh-day Adventist with the best parents a girl can ask for, 
and a younger brother and a younger sister. Now, my parents took us to church every single Sabbath and put us through, through Adventist education. I've actually only been in Adventist education from the time that I was in kindergarten, first grade, to now, actually, which is pretty funny and cool. Um, they surrounded us with, with wholesome friends and family um, who shared our same values and goals. My parents, with the help of friends and the teachers at my schools, taught me all about Jesus, all about his love, his compassion, his faithfulness, and so much more. And they didn't just show me that by the words that they spoke, but by their actions, which is important. I felt loved and valued, and in return, or in turn, could process what it meant to be loved by a heavenly father, to be loved by Jesus. I saw how happy following Jesus made them, and I wanted that. So from a very young age, that was the desire of my heart, right? To follow Jesus, to say yes to him, and, 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 and to go wherever he wanted me to go, right? I hope that when it came down to it, my life would be steered by Jesus and not by me. Because that's what I wanted from in the bottom of my heart. And so as I said, my family is everything to me. At home in Miami, the farthest family member that we have uh, lives 35 minutes away. And that's with traffic. But that doesn't really count because there's always traffic. So <laughs> 35 minutes away. Okay? And spending time with my cousins, with my siblings, my aunts, my uncles, my parents, that's what I chose over anything else. Okay? Even over friends. And so... I go through high school, and now it's time to decide where I'm going to go to college. And it was between Southern or staying home, because Southern was the closest Adventist university that I wanted to go to. Okay? And after much prayer by me, my parents, my family members, I had decided to go to Southern. And the summer before I was supposed to go, um, I wasn't really doing anything to get ready to go. Like, I, was, I wasn't filling out paperwork. I wasn't doing anything. And my mom comes in one day, and she knocks on my bedroom door, and she's like, Natalie, if you don't get up right now, and you finish all the paperwork that you're supposed to be doing, you are not going. And so that day, so that day I said, in my head, I was like, okay, do I want to go, is the first question. The answer was yes. And so I began to, to start filling out the paperwork. But you see, I don't know, maybe, I'm not sure, maybe my mom thought I was just being really lazy. Um, but for real, the real reason was because I was just really scared. I didn't, I didn't want to go. Like, I, I didn't want to think about saying bye. I didn't want to think about being separated from my family for the first time for a long time. Right? I, I didn't want that. But God was beginning to lead me. And as I prayed for his guidance, I felt peace knowing that Southern was where I was supposed to be. Even though the thought of saying bye was really hard, that peace that I felt was that indicator, was one of the indicators. And so, surprise, surprise, I go to Southern and for, the, for four years, and I loved it. Best decision ever. Southern Adventist, all the way. <laughs> I got some nods over here. I've been really, I've been really working hard at RVA, because I feel like they're all like, walla, walla, right? But I got to... I got to start, I got to steer them, right? I, I got to get that out of their heads. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Walla Walla is great. I'm not bashing it. Um, but you got to give Southern a chance. 
And I, I, have, some, I have some who are giving them a chance. Um, and so I go to Southern, and it was hard. That, that saying goodbye process that I was scared of, it was just as brutal as I thought it was going to be. But after lots of tears and praying and getting to know people, um, I ended up having a great time. And if I could go back, I would choose that all over again because it was really a blessing. Fast forward four years, graduated. I told you guys a story at the beginning. So now it's time for me to come and interview here and it, it, to a place I'd never been to. Um, and so I arrive here, and it was awesome. I mean, the first thought I had was, this is beautiful. This place is beautiful. We live in a beautiful place. I remember the first couple of weeks of teaching, I would go onto this track, and I would, like, stop my PE kids, and I'd be like, stop. They're like, what? And I'm like, look at this. Look at how beautiful. I'm like, that's Table Rock right over there. And they're, like, they're looking at me like, come on, Coach D. Can we keep going? And I'm like, guys, we live in a beautiful place, right? Especially the view that we have from school. Wow. Maybe you could visit Rogue Valley Adventist Academy if you want, want to come see. Um, and so I was blown away. I went to the senior graduation of the 2019 uh, class, and it was awesome. I met a lot of you guys, a lot of you guys were coming up to me, and that's where God began to, to talk to me. Um, but before I get there, this is a very important part that I almost forgot. When I decided to come and interview, I was not, I wasn't reading my Bible as much, I wasn't praying as much, and I felt a little far from God, <clears throat> but I knew that this was a huge step in my life. This was going to change my life, what I decided to do here. And so I remember talking to one of my friends, and I asked her, I'm like, I haven't really been doing these things to keep up my relationship with God. Do you think he's going to be with me when I go and interview? And this was a genuine concern that I had. I thought that because that I wasn't keeping up with it, because I wasn't keeping up with my relationship with God, that he wasn't going to be there with me. And so I prayed, and I said, God, I haven't been doing these things. Well, she encouraged me and, and, and assured me that he was going to be there. He doesn't just leave us, right? Like maybe some of us would to each other. Oh, yeah, she hasn't talked to me for a long time? Yeah, forget her, right? That's usually how we do it. Thank God, again, that God is not like us, amen? And so I asked, and I said, God, I haven't been doing these things, but please be with me. Please, I need you. And so I'm here at the graduation, and a lot of you guys were the ones coming up to me and knew my name before I even knew you guys. Like, hey, Natalie, nice to meet you. And I was like, how do you know my name? <laughs> right? We, you know, we're so happy you're here. We, we're excited that you're going to be joining us. I see what you guys are doing there. I see what you guys are doing there. Uh, we're so happy that you're here. Um, and I felt love from people that I didn't even know. And I don't know if you guys have felt that before, but that feeling is insane. Coming across the country to feel the same love that I feel at home, to come here to people I don't know and feel that love, it's insane. And that's what I felt. And I was with Madeline Parmenter, and I don't know if you remember this, but she was the one kind of introducing me to people and, and walking around with me. 
And in that moment, I was, I was standing there, people were coming up to me, and I felt God speak to me. And he said, this is where you're going to be. This is where I want you. And I was like, no. <laughs> no, this no, 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 no. And, and in that moment, it was like a physical thing because I turned around and Madeline said, are you okay? Because of my face, because God was actually talking to me in that moment and she saw it, which is crazy. But she saw it and she said, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm feeling overwhelmed. And she was like, uh, she was like, uh-oh. But then I said, in a good way. I feel overwhelmed in a good way. I feel loved by people I don't know, which is crazy. And so the weekend went on, and I was having, I, was, I, I didn't know what to do, because half of me was like, I can't do this. Half of me was like, well, the other half was God saying, you are going to do this. <laughs> Not forcing me, but, you know. This, this is what I want you to do, and I was like, no, and he was like, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. Then I go home after a great weekend, and I get, I get home, and, and I talk to my parents, and I'm really feeling like I'm very convicted that this is where God wants me to be, and so we talk, and I end up somehow, the word yes, when they offer me the job, comes out of my mouth, um, and so now I'm coming to Medford, Oregon in, in, in the fall. And it was hard for my family, it was hard for me, it was hard for my church family. Um, a lot of them were unsure why I was taking this job and hurting my family, um, which was not very nice to hear. It didn't feel good. Um, and so, but it was, it was out of a place of, of kind of hurting, right? And God continued to speak to me, and I felt that peace throughout. Anytime I would feel down, I would feel the peace. I would feel God saying, it's okay, it's okay. This is, what, this is where I'm wanting you. This is where I'm wanting you. And August comes around, and the day my parents and I drive up, again, we're like, what in the world are we doing here? And um, they drop me off. We say goodbye. And uh, I go back to my house, and I'm crying. And as they say, you shouldn't be alone. You should be, you know, distracted if you're sad or all that, don't be in your room alone. So I cried for a little bit, and I'm like, all right, got to get up, got to go work out, right? Because that's what, you know, that's what you do when you have all these emotions. And so I go to a gym, they're like, no, can't come in here. We don't have a, a day pass. I go to another gym. I forget my wallet. I go to another gym. It's closed. I'm like, what is going on? And I'm going up to these people. My eyes are swollen. That's probably why they didn't let me in. I looked like a crazy person. <laughs> and I finally remember, man, our school has a track, a beautiful track. And I go to the track, and I truly believe that God was closing those doors to those gyms. Why? Because he didn't want me distracted. He didn't want the loud music in my ears. He wanted him in my ears. And so I, when I went to the track, and I was walking around crying, and I was talking to God, and I'm like, why am I here what am I doing here? Why am I alone? This is not me. This doesn't make sense to me. Does that ring a bell? This doesn't make sense to me. I don't go places alone. I don't like to travel across the country. <laughs> Ask my sister, right? My sister Olivia loves it. If you tell her you're not going to know a single soul, she says, I'm there. I'm there tomorrow. She loves that. 
but me? That's not me. So why? Why me? Right? And God again speaks to me and says, Natalie, I am certainly with you. I'm here. This is where I want you to be. And in that moment, I was again assured that this was where God wanted me to be. And then I felt another, an, another impression by God to call my mom and to thank them. Because the reason that I was able to say yes, the reason that I was able to, 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 to follow Jesus' call was because of their teaching, was because they taught me that saying yes to Jesus was the best thing you could do. And even though we were both hurting, all three of us were hurting, all, my entire family was hurting, I felt that peace, and I knew that this is where God wanted me. And so I needed to tell them, thank you. Thank you for teaching me all these years, because when it came down to it, God gave me the strength. I was able to hear his voice, and God gave me the strength and courage to obey. And it was because it started from a little age, from a young age. And so mothers, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you and I want to thank you, really for, for mothers and fathers, for anybody. But it's Mother's Day, so. Mothers, I want to thank you. Uh, for, for many of you guys, um, you guys don't see me around my mom or my parents because they don't, they don't live here. And so for many of you guys, maybe you just see me as a single adult, young adult, a teacher or an athletic director who just happened to stumble across Medford, Oregon. But now you know that that's not how it happened. God called me here. And so right now, I want you guys to look at me as a daughter, as, a, as someone's child. And I want to encourage you. As a daughter of a mom who cared enough to show me Jesus constantly through her words and through her actions, I want to encourage you to start or continue to do that for your children. No matter how hard it may be, no matter how long the journey may feel, the race, you're running a race, no matter how long that race feels, continue to show your children how important Jesus is. Because that's the most important thing. And your showing, of, your showing Jesus to them will come to fruition at some point. And they will thank you for introducing them to the best thing ever. Pray with your children. Read the Bible. Sing with them. Do devotions with them. Be there. Show up. Show up like Jesus shows up. Get to know Jesus for yourself so that you can try your hardest to show that to them. But it begins with, with having a relationship yourself, right? So that your light shines. I, I want to invite you guys to close your eyes right now with me. And I want you to picture this. As Moses stood at the edge of the Red Sea and he looked over what seemed to be an impossible situation, a time in his life where not everything made sense, God led him here. He knew that. He had led him in the past and had been faithful. And as he stood there, he thought about the time that God came to him in a burning bush. The time that God called his name and chose him to lead his people. He remembered the time that Jesus asked him to go 
and that he would certainly be with him. As you picture Moses standing at the edge, looking out into the Red Sea, this is what I see. I see Jesus coming up next to him, putting his arm around him and saying, we're going that way. We're going straight, but I'm not going to leave you. The Bible says that Moses raised his hand over the Red Sea and the Lord drove the sea back with powerful east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land. The waters were divided and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with the waters like a wall to their right and to their left. Can you see it? The Israelites, the Israelites came out on the other side alive and dry while the Egyptians wet and not so alive. Family, I wonder as, if, as you close your eyes and imagine yourself looking out into the situ situation in your life that maybe seems impossible or the leading that God has for you, the, le the leading that God is giving you to a place or a thing that doesn't make sense. And I wonder if you see Jesus come up next to you and say, my child, I'm leading you this way. And if you go, I will not leave you. Because the same God family that led Moses and told him he wouldn't leave him is the same God that leads you today and promises never to leave you. I encourage you, church family, to listen for his voice, to read his word, to pray for his peace, and take God at his word that when he leads, he will not leave. Let's pray. God, Father, lead us. We're giving you permission. We want to say yes. We want you to lead us because we know, God, we trust from your word, from what you've done in the past, that you are faithful. When you lead us, you don't, you don't leave you go with us, wherever that may be, to the highest of the mountains or to the lowest of the valleys. You're there. We trust you. Thank you for being who you are, compassionate, loving, faithful, gentle. Be with us, God. And lead us, even if it doesn't make sense to us. Lead us, God. In your awesome, powerful, holy, amazing name, we pray. Amen.